everyone, welcome back to episode five of The Number Two Show. Hi, it's me, Liza. And me, Lan. And today we're going to talk to you about, Liza? The poo journey. Yes, that's right. So this is going to be uh, the journey from mouth to butthole. Oh, I love it. I know. I feel like it's going to be a real epic journey. It is. Yeah, we're going to get really down into the nitty gritty. So excited. Um, But first of all, (gasps) we are going to do a poop update. I'm really excited because I have been having epic dumps lately. It's mostly because I invested in a handheld bidet. Oh, really? Yes. Shit, no I way. Know. I'm so excited. I've been waiting to tell you. That's amazing. Can you explain first what that is? Yes, because I had no idea what it was. Because I thought a bidet, you had to have like a whole porcelain thing installed in your house. Or like my dad actually has a bidet that he installed into his toilet. But this is like a handheld little plastic water bottle okay yeah so shout out to my buddy simon who recommended it because it has changed my pooping life and i never thought that my poop life could be changed wow okay so what how does it work oh my god okay i'm so glad you asked well first of all i got like a baby pink one it is so cute (laughs) this like powder pink and white it's adorable Uh uh-huh so it's got like a little top and bottom so they screw together Mm -hmm. one is the bottom and that's kind of like a bottle shape where you fill it up zemon recommended putting warm water in there and i tell you what girl it is fucking amazing yeah you should have seen the face lines just pulled like this heavenly (laughs) like oh my god orgasmic yeah Yeah. (laughs) oh yeah okay so the top part is like the skinny plasticky bit with holes at the very end of it so you don't like go super close to your butt. I was so worried about getting poop all over it. Uh Uh-huh. And then you poop. Mm -hmm. And normally my first go-to is like wiping with the toilet paper. Yeah. Not this time around. It's amazing. You just start squeezing the bottom part where the water is. Yeah. And yeah, you hold it like... I don't know, I'd say like probably five, six inches away from your butt. And it cleans you real fucking good. Oh, that's great. So yeah. it's like a jet spray, like a power hose yes. for your butt. Yes. It's not super powerful. Like it's not blowing yeah. your, you know, good. butthole open, but it's, um, it, it does the fucking job. Like wow. I only have to wipe maybe a few times. I really got to get the balloon not clean. So <laughs> I like got to go, you know, on... A little bit of a cleaning journey afterwards, but okay. it's nothing compared to the fucking devastation I put on that toilet paper and the butt wipes. Mm-hmm. I was using butt wipes yeah. for years and years and years. And yeah. then recently in one of the podcasts, you told me that they're bad for the environment and mm-hmm. I felt really fucking guilty. And so I invested in this. Oh, I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Doing your bit for the environment. I really am. <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah. Okay. I'm so excited. It, it really... It's a game changer. But do you think you might start having like little towels in the bathroom like the Italians to dry uh, off afterwards? No, I dry off with toilet paper like regular. <sighs> okay. No, that's great. So, unfortunately, I don't have any exciting poo news. No news is good news sometimes. Yeah, I think so. Okay. So, <laughs> shall we start talking about the poo journey? Yes, I'm so excited. So for this episode, Lan and I thought we'd try a different format where we both research the same topic and talk about it together and kind of finish each other's sandwiches, if you will, (laughs) shit sandwiches. (laughs) And yeah, so we're going to talk about the poo journey. But first, before we start, Mm -hmm. Lan, I want to ask you, how long do you think the entire process from food to poo (laughs) takes? Okay, I mean, full disclosure, I researched this too. Okay. So, (laughs) 
Because, and I, I did find this fascinating, because I think sometimes we think like, oh, we eat and then we poop. Yes. But, yeah, it takes like up to like two days-ish. Yeah. Right? That's right. Two days. Two to five days is two what I saw. five. Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah. So the journey actually starts with your tongue. So that helps turn your food into a little ball called a bolus. That happens in your mouth. And then when you swallow, you can think your epiglottis, which is a big word for me that mm-hmm. I just learned. Your epiglottis temporarily, it's like a little um, flappy tissue that temporarily blocks your airways so you don't choke on your food every time you eat so thanks epiglottis Mm -hmm. so as you're swallowing your brain is automatically sending signals to the esophagus muscles and then that's when peristalsis begins we talked about reverse peristalsis in episode four and that's what happens to your poo if you miss your poo window it basically gets sucked back up your butt and it's also the only other time that this happens besides missing your poo window and getting your poo sucked back up is when you have to vomit. So that's reverse peristalsis when something's being forced up, then peristalsis is something being forced down and through. And that's basically how a turd is getting through your entire body. So we're basically one long tube with sphincters in between. <laughs> yeah. But I guess at the beginning, it's not even called a turd yet, right? No, definitely. Yeah. So what is it? Does it have a name when it's at this point? I don't know the name. I guess it's still just food at this point. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's okay. fair. Because it hasn't been broken down yet. Mm-hmm. Okay, Lan, do you want to guess what's waiting at the end of the esophagus? Is the stomach there? No, there's oh, another shit. sphincter. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I should have known. <laughs> Walked right into that one. <laughs> okay, great. Um, so this sphincter, actually, it stays closed to keep what's in your stomach from flowing back into your esophagus, which makes you throw up. So if you're not throwing up, then the lower esophageal sphincter will relax and allow food to pass through to your stomach. Mm, so you're right. It does okay. go esophagus. It's like mouth esophagus and then to the stomach. Okay. But the sphincter is just like the gateway. Exactly. Yeah. The one way. Like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Great. One way ticket. Yeah, to exactly. The yeah. yeah. So just to give you some context, a medium-sized bolus, so the ball of food that we talked about that your mouth makes, it takes about five to eight seconds to reach the stomach from like your mouth to your stomach. It happens so fast. Okay. It's kind of impressive. That's kind of why you feel full pretty quickly after eating. Mm -hmm. Like if I eat fast, I'll feel full in like five to 10 minutes. Yes, I can. Yes, I've witnessed that. Yeah. You have like five mouthfuls (laughs) and you're done. Yeah, your stomach stretches with all these boluses these balls of food and then it fills up so did you know that your stomach when it's empty is only about the size of your fist that's quite big Ah, i was gonna say quite small you think so because you look at like a plate of food and you're like that's true yeah that's like that's true oh my god on thanksgiving tell you what Mm -hmm. that's a lot of fists of food (laughs) (laughs) So the cool thing about your stomach is that it can stretch to hold as much as four liters of food and fluid, which is more than 75 times its empty volume. And then it can return to its resting size whenever it goes empty again. Oh, wow. Isn't that impressive? That is very impressive. Yeah, what goes on in the stomach? Okay, so the stomach has, I think a lot of us know, it has a ton of acid in it. So it breaks down the food in your stomach and then it becomes this mixture called chyme. And then that empties into the small intestine yes 
Yes. Okay. So do you want to take us from the small intestine? Sure. Okay. So the first section of the small intestine is called the duodenum. Oh yeah. Duodenum. Oh, is that how you say it? I I mean, that's just an... No, I love that. I was imagining like a double denim situation, but like duodenum. (laughs) Like the Canadian tuxedo. (laughs) Yeah. That that was my way of remembering it. (laughs) Duodenum. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's like Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake. Both wore the double denim. Oh, never forget. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I had in mind. But duodenum. Yeah. Say it again. Duodenum. Duodenum. I mean, maybe I'm just putting a redneck spin on it. I love it. (laughs) Duodenum or duodenum. Y'all tell us. Um, so this is where the digestion of food really gets going. Yes. This is where it gets exciting. Oh, yeah. It gets nasty. And this is where they start talking about the digestive juices. <gasps> I saw that too. Yeah. What like did you juices? Think? <laughs> like, why do they describe It's like orange juice. I know. This is the thing. I feel like we always hear about digestive juices and it sounds kind yeah. of like a nice thing, but it's not. It's kind of gross. It's not sexy. It's not sexy at all. And so going through the wall of the duodenum, I'm going to keep pronouncing Please, it that way. Please, go for it. You'll see a blast of clear juice. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> That's how it was described. Okay, okay. Um, and then, so a, you get a blast of clear juice, but then just a squirt <gasps> of green bile. <sighs> yeah. The clear stuff comes from your pancreas. Okay. Um, they have a lot of powerful enzymes that break down the molecules in your food. Mm. Whereas the green, the little squirt of green is from your gallbladder. Yeah, so these also help to digest fats and carbohydrates and proteins and, you know, get it all into smaller molecules. Yes. I think what I really loved about it is that the, there was this thing called sloshing, the sloshing phase, sure. which I don't think is the technical term, but that's what they came up with. And I was like, I'm going with this. Yeah, good for you. And they were basically saying, like, imagine, like, you know, a, a sausage-like tube mm-hmm. and someone's just, like, squeezing it and because your muscles are contracting. Oh, my God. And it's through that, like, squeezing and contracting that the food, like, goes back and forth. And that's how it all gets mixed up together. That's how all the enzymes, the digestive juices, and the food gets mixed up together. That's the sloshing that's the sloshing yeah so yeah when 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 you have all this sloshing it helps the absorption as well oh yeah Um, that makes sense because it brings the nutrients into contact with the wall of the intestine yes exactly and like and the lining of your small intestine is like a one of those carpets like a shag pile oh shit it's got all these like little tendrily fingers oh so there's more like surface area oh my god and then yeah so it can absorb more nutrients fantastic that's so cool i thought so Wow. I thought you'd like that. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'll let you talk about the large intestine. Really? But can I just say that it's like after several hours, it gets it, go, it goes through the small intestine for hours. Because oh, you said like the first part is quite fast, right? Yes, Eight seconds yes. to get to the stomach. Mm-hmm. But then the whole journey through the small intestine is like, takes a very long time. This is where the journey part, the real epic. Yeah. Like Lord of the Rings style epic begins. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Well, you think that's a long time. Just wait until you hear about the Lord of the Okay. So what was once your meal is now undigested bits of food and fluid and older cells from the lining of your GI tract. So all of this goes from the small intestine into the large intestine. So the large intestine includes the colon, the rectum, and the anus. Wait, sorry. Also, sphincter alert. There's a sphincter between the small intestine and large intestine. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now we're up to at least four. Four. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the the 
esophageal sphincter. It said it was the lower, so maybe there's an upper too. So we might have <gasps> have five. Holy yeah. shit. Okay. We're just full of sphincters. <laughs> <laughs> like we said, folks, we're just a big old tube. <laughs> it's nasty. Yep. Okay, so the colon's job is to dehydrate what's left of your food and then turn it into a poo mm-hmm. by absorbing water to make it hopefully solid if you ate right. <laughs> yeah. Instead of a liquid. So this whole process, you want to guess how long it takes in the no. large intestine? Oh, uh, yeah. I would love to guess. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was going to be by you. Um, I don't know, like five hours? 24. No. 24. Really? Really. A full fucking day. That's okay. That adds up because we said one to two days. Yeah, okay. Fuck. Yeah. It could be two to five days. So this is where it goes from being chyme, which is yes. like this fluidy stuff, to becoming a compact turd. Yes, exactly. Right, okay. Because it's getting dehydrated. So a fun fact, if about 16 ounces of liquid food or chyme entered your large intestine, what you have left at the end of the process is about five ounces of poop. Oh. So that's 16 ounces gets reduced to five ounces. Okay. That's significant. Yeah, it is. But I wonder how many ounces of food it was when you were ingesting it. Ooh, good question. Yeah. <gasps> Ooh, from beginning to end. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Fascinating. I guess that depends how nutritional the food is because maybe yes. sometimes you'll absorb more of the nutrients and then you'll you have less waste. Yes. Maybe. Yeah. We'll touch on this later, like what the undigestible bits are, like what your poop actually is. Mm. Yeah. Stay tuned. Okay, so let's move on to the rectum. So as you may recall, the rectum is actually a little poo chamber of secrets (laughs) where your turd is kept until you push it out of your anus. So then if we move along into talking about our anus, did you want to talk about this? No, please tell me about the anus. Okay. (laughs) I never thought we were going to say anus so many times. Okay, so... We've passed through the rectum and now have gone into the anus. So in case you missed episode four where we discussed the poo window, the anus is your butthole. So that's where the poop comes out. So it's closed on each side by, you guessed it, a sphincter muscle. (laughs) On the inside, there's the internal sphincter, which opens automatically to let the poop through. And then the outer sphincter is the one that you can control to let poop out whenever you're ready to go shit. Nerve signals cause the internal sphincter to relax. And this is your cue to find a toilet where you can just let the poop through your external sphincter, which is your anus. Mm, Okay. I do have one thing to say, though, about the releasing of the poo. Okay. So normally you'll be making this poo and then the poo will just like sit in your... I don't know exactly where it's sitting. I think in your colon. And then if it's nighttime... Because most people don't normally poo at night. Right. Yes. So your poo's going to sit there. And then in the morning, because you know, do you know about circadian rhythms? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got like all these, these like this 24 hour clock in every cell in our body. And so our body, um, all our organs work better at certain times of the day. Mm. And so, um, for example, we're, we're actually like designed to poop in the morning because when we wake up, there's an internal alarm clock that goes off in our colon. And that's when the colon starts contracting more vigorously. Oh. And that's, that's why, like, why we need to poo in the morning. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's not because of the coffee? It's not because of the coffee, but the well, coffee can help. Yeah. But, yeah, that's quite quite normal. Um, so, you, yeah, your poo might be sitting in you all night. That's 
Wow. The way I understood it is that while you're sleeping, that's when your small intestine and colon will work to process all the leftover food from the day. Oh. Yeah, exactly. And so after you've woken up, it normally takes about 30 minutes for the the urge to poop set in. Unless you're me and it's like literally five (laughs) minutes and you've got to run. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I agree with that. I'm about like 30 minutes after I wake up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Yeah. That's exactly how it should be. I'm average. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) Okay, and then you know how sometimes people like need to poop when they've just eaten? Mm-hmm. They wouldn't believe us if we were like, no, it takes like several days. Yeah. They'd be like, no, that can't be true because as soon as I eat, I need to poop. Right. And it's like, no, that's not true. But basically when you eat food, when the food hits your stomach, it sends a signal called uh, the gastrocolic reflex. And that's an involuntary reaction to the food entering your stomach. Um, and that also tells you that you need to poo. No For way. some people, it's stronger than others. Oh, my God. So you might think that eating the food is going straight right. through you, but actually it's just your body is telling you to, like, empty out what's already there. Right. That you've been storing. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all can't see, but Lan's doing a lot of, like, hand motions <laughs> around like, her butt. Yeah, I'm, like, reenacting, like, <laughs> poo coming out of my butt, <laughs> food going into my body. Oh, my It's God. great. We'll have a film it sometime. <laughs> So, yeah, so basically those contractions are moving food that you've eaten previously, you know, in the past day or so. Yeah. Okay, so I have a fun fact for you. I actually have a list of fun facts. Mm -hmm. Okay, Lan, so I'm sure you're dying to know, what is poop actually made of? I am, actually. I'm so excited to tell (laughs) you. Okay, so almost 75% of it is water, Mm. which no surprise there. Mm -hmm. But the part that blew my fucking mind, if you exclude water... Most of it is bacteria. Oh, really? That Not much? food. Yes. Uh, okay. Tell me. Okay, tell me more about this bacteria. Okay. Why are we pooping out so much bacteria? I know it's crazy, right? Oh, it's disgusting. So fifty to eighty percent of your poop is actually bacteria. Again, that's not counting the water. Mm-hmm. So. A lot of the bacteria in your poop is actually still alive, but some is, it's just died along the process. Okay. All that bacteria was actually in your intestines originally. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. So that's what, 50 to 80% of your poop Mm -hmm. is the bacteria. And then the rest of it is just waste that your body couldn't use energy for, like undigested carbs or fiber or protein and fats. And of course, corn, obviously. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What's up with corn? Do you know? Okay, so corn is made of cellulose, which is an indigestible plant fiber. Oh. So your body has a hard time actually processing cellulose. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why that comes out. Okay, why is poop brown? So the color actually comes from a mixture of dead red blood cells mm. and bile, which we talked oh. about already. Okay, so the color is actually a result of a chemical called stercobalin. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, it's actually a byproduct of the hemoglobin and broken down red blood cells. Mm-hmm, okay. So without the stercobalin chemical in your poop, your turd would actually be pale gray or almost white. Oh. Fucking spooky, yeah, right? It is spooky. Let's talk about baby poop. Ew, okay. When an infant poops for the first few times, like after it's been born, it poops out something called meconium. Mm-hmm. I think that's how you say it. And it sounds fucking gross. Like, I didn't Google any photos of it, but it's basically this tar-like substance that's dark green. So it's a combination of amniotic fluid, blood, and skin cells, and mucus. Isn't that fucking disgusting? (laughs) It's perfectly natural, Liza. Oh, sure. Yeah, it sounds gross. But they say it doesn't normally have a smell, so that's really cool. Oh, there you go. 
And I was so fascinated, like, well, do babies poop in the womb? Like, is the mom just full of turds or something? Or this meconium stuff? They actually pee a lot in the womb, but they don't usually poop until after birth. <gasps> Fascinating, Oh, because right? doesn't the placenta, like, remove all the waste? I think so. Yeah, I, I think so. God, we don't know much, do we? No, especially not about <laughs> children. No. Okay, Lan, I have another fun fact slash question for you. Okay, cool. Sounds great. I'm ready. Yay. How heavy do you think the average turd weighs? Oh, God. I never know if mine are normal or not. So I'm trying to imagine. I'm going to imagine mine. I, how do you imagine the weight of it, though? Like, just from poking it with the toilet brush doesn't really help you figure out its weight. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm going to have to compare it with, like, you know, so a pack of spaghetti is, like, 500 grams. So maybe, like, half a pack, maybe 250 grams. On the low end of how heavy a turd typically weighs is 2.5 ounces, which is around like 70 grams, uh-huh. up to 16 ounces. Wow. Yeah. That's around what? Oh, that's like, that's close to 500 grams, which is pretty much a pack of spaghetti. <laughs> Can you imagine shitting a pack of spaghetti? <laughs> no. That's a lot. No, I can't. <laughs> that's a I know. lot of shit. But that was a really good guess though. Yeah. I mean, I guess, well, yeah, I went right in the middle. Yeah. Like half a pack of spaghetti. <laughs> Yeah, that's optimistic for sure. Yeah. I just find it fascinating, like, yeah, do you do a bigger poo depending on, is it like, is it completely dependent on the quantity of food or would it be like the quality of food and how much you absorb? Good question. Or like what comes into it, you know? Right. Right. No, that's Mm -hmm. a really good question. I'm almost thinking that folks like vegans and vegetarians if they're eating a lot of veggies mm-hmm. and you can't process a lot of that cellulose, mm-hmm. like that results in a bigger shit. <sighs> okay. So my last fun fact, women and men poop differently. That blew my mind. Okay. See, I, that doesn't blow my mind, but can I tell you what I think my theory is yes. or what I've heard? Mm-hmm. And you can tell me if it's true. Cause I heard that men try and do one giant poo <laughs> right and that's why they take longer and whereas women do like a couple of poos during the day really that's what i heard but yeah i don't know if i don't know if that's true at all that's interesting because according to my research (laughs) it was it's the opposite Basically, our GI tracts are different because of anatomical reasons, like cis women have wider pelvises than men, mm-hmm. as well as extra internal organs when you think about it. So like ovaries and the uterus. Mm-hmm. The womb. Don't forget the womb. The womb. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this baby's pissing chamber. Oh, my Go God. On. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And right. Then- and so that means our colons hang a little bit lower oh. than men's do. Uh-huh. And so they're actually a bit longer, too, around like 10 centimeters. So pooping for women is actually more difficult than men because of the location of like what? how it's lowered. Yeah. And so food takes longer to go through most women's GI tracts, which also means more bloating. Which That's I think why. we can all yeah. fucking relate. Okay. Mm-hmm. Those 10 centimeters extra really make a big fucking difference. Mm. And men, however, are generally, they're way more regular than women. So um, I've definitely noticed this. Like, cis dudes that I know mm-hmm. taking dumps left, right, and center. Really? Like, they can poop anywhere. But that's different. They can poop anywhere, but that's different to, like, needing to poop multiple times a day. Okay. I would say... 
the majority of the men that I know, the cis men that I know, yeah, they're pooping multiple times a day. Like four to five. Yeah, but that's most women I know as well. What? Yeah. Good for them. Oh my God. Yeah. God, that's fantastic. Okay, we need to do a poll. I need, I need, some, I, I need to see some numbers from I some people I know. I'm going to start asking everyone. <laughs> These are hard health facts, you know. These are <laughs> real internet doctors. And now for your embarrassing poo stories. I guess instead of an embarrassing poo story, maybe we could just share like mm-hmm. ER stories because it's called ER, like emergency room in yes. the States. Mm-hmm. So my sister was living in New Orleans in Louisiana and she befriended two ER doctors or nurses or, you know, people who worked in the ER Mm -hmm. and she asked them like, what are stories that you have? And they each had one. So it was an older couple. I think she said they were like in their sixties or something. And the, it was a husband and a wife. And so the husband always wanted to try anal sex with his wife And she was like, okay, you know, but first you have to know what it feels like. So we're going to, yeah, I know. I love that too. Uh And uh, he was like, okay, let's fucking do it. Like, what do you want to do? And she was like, I want you to put one of these frozen hot dogs up your butt. (laughs) (laughs) And he was like, fuck it. Let's go for it. (laughs) So we did it. And then it. It got stuck and he couldn't get it out because oh, your God. your sphincter it basically like I don't know if you've ever tried putting anything up your butt but this is why they put like handles on butt plugs so uh-huh. they don't get sucked up because your butt like wants to suck it up mm-hmm. so you really have to be careful about what you're putting in your butt because it could just be gone. I mean, I found that out the hard way. <laughs> you you know the story. We'll tell it another time. But Dude, you go on. That's a fantastic, embarrassing poo story. So you're going to have to tell that at some point. Okay. So- she learned the hard way. Yeah. Okay. So this poor man had a hot dog up his butt and he couldn't get it back out. And he was panicking. She was panicking. So they rushed into the ER oh, and they were just, so. I mean, I think he was fucking mortified. Uh-huh. You know, it's just like, <laughs> sir, why do you have a hot dog up your butt? <laughs> and he's like, no, no, it was frozen. It was yeah, a completely I, different thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> trying to explain like I fell and landed went up my butt (laughs) oh man and uh they were like sir there's really nothing we can do for you like you're just gonna have to wait and shut it out yeah like if it came in it'll go back out Mm -hmm. and uh and so they sent him home and and he pooped and then the other story wait I just I know you don't know the answer but I'm just like I wonder if they had anal sex or if he was like I wonder if he was like yeah no that's Fair yeah. enough now. Like, like, you're right. Okay, yeah. Let's <laughs> yeah. Not. It's too risky. Oh my gosh. Too risky. <laughs> oh my uh, God. Yeah. So then the other story that they told, it's not really butt related, but it's definitely like nether region related for sure. Mm-hmm. So there was a young man who consistently came into the ER with UTIs. So urinary tract infections, uh-huh. which are very rare for men. And that's what they said to the guy. They were like, hey, this is not very common for men to have these. And you keep coming in with UTIs. Like, what is going on? Like, mm-hmm. we're we're just worried about, like, what is causing this? Yeah. And they wanted to help him. And he explained that he is going to continue to get UTIs because they, it was part of his job. And they were like, what do you do for work? <laughs> and he was like, well, I work at a very, like, high-end bar it's a gay bar in new orleans that's super exclusive it's like private invite only Mm -hmm. and he basically uses his 
bladder as a decanter. So they fill up his bladder with really nice wines, which I don't know how you don't what? fucking... I, I, I've thought about this so many times, like since my sister told me this, but yeah, so he's pissing wine into men's wine glasses uh-huh. at this bar and it's supposed to be like really sexy, like, how do they get the wine into the bladder? It's like a catheter type of thing, like a reverse oh catheter. Oh my God, this is bonkers. It's fucking bonkers. Especially if he's getting UTIs, you know, there's blood in that wine. Ew! It's great. I know it's such a health concern for sure. Blood and whatever else, like pee, pee, folks. They're drinking pee wine. Yeah. And so whatever, like fine wine, it was, fucking ruins it with whatever is in people's bladders. But he wasn't the only guy doing this, you know. Mm. Yeah. And so he's like, "Well, I'm not going to stop because I'm getting paid like fucking bank because this is so rare and specific." Yeah. So niche. Yeah. It's such a kink. Wow. I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah. I wonder if it still goes on. Oh, my God. I wonder if we can get an invite to that. Fly to New Orleans just for (laughs) that. I don't know if we could get a... For research purposes. (laughs) So I had a friend and I was living in London. And me and a couple of friends, we were meant to be meeting for brunch. And so the day of the brunch, you know, it's like a Saturday. One of my friends doesn't show up. Oh. And we're like what's going on and she messages us and she's just like oh yeah i had to go to a and e like the hospital the emergency room last night um i'll tell you about it later and we were like shit like what happened yeah and when we finally saw her she was like yeah so basically what happened is her and her boyfriend they were having sex Mm -hmm. uh the friday night and he accidentally he penetrated her ass and basically, like, she started bleeding. Oh, yeah. my God. She started bleeding. And the way she described it, it wasn't just, like, a little bit of bleeding. It oh was a lot of bleeding. Fuck. And so they were like, what are we going to do? And I think they... This is, I think... I mean, Uber was kind of around, but, yeah, there w- it wasn't easy to get a taxi, basically. Mm-hmm. So she had to walk, I think, 20 minutes no. to a hospital. Poor thing. Like, bleeding. <gasps> and I don't know if you've ever been to A&E on, like, a Friday night in the UK, but basically it's where all the drunk people are who've had, like, stupid accidents. and oh everyone, my God. It's just, like, it's a shit show. Yeah. And you normally have to wait for, like, eight hours, and it's just awful. Oh, my God. Um, so she said she showed up, and she said, like, people who saw her were just like oh my god like she can go ahead of us yeah <laughs> she's yeah bleeding from her asshole yeah really. exactly and so they got thing. her like a wheelchair oh and i think god. they had to like put a tampon in there oh to like god. stop bleeding and so yeah it was kind of you know it was pretty scary and so she sees Jeez. the doctor and they were like well we'll have to do surgery <gasps> to like stitch it up because you know there's been a tear somewhere in your like rectum inside yeah Fuck. yeah and we're gonna have to stitch it up Jeez. But they said to her, they were like, um, we don't, because we don't know how high up it is, I think they said that they might have to put like a plastic bag in her stomach so that if if there was a leakage, it wouldn't enter the stomach. Oh my God. And she, I think she had to like sign a waiver to be like, if that, you know, if, if that is the case, then she's okay with it. And so she had to like sign this and then they like put her under general anesthetic and then she like woke up and she had like no idea basically what had happened (gasps) um but it hadn't it was just apparently it was quite near the the anus i guess so they just managed Mm. to stitch it up and it was all like fine good wait what was the what was the technique they were talking about with the stomach and the bag like a plastic bag 
Well, not like, you know, a plastic grocery bag, but uh, they they were going to have to, I think, line the stomach with something so that it would be, um, it would block any leaks from the intestine, like Uh, any bacteria, yeah, going into the stomach. Okay, I see. So they had, yeah. Fuck. So I guess they kind of fill the stomach with some kind of, I mean, she called it a plastic bag. It's probably not like a plastic bag. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Poor baby. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. And of course, like her boyfriend also got kind of like interrogated because <gasps> well yeah because yeah to check that this hadn't been you know like a forceful oh right mm-hmm. yeah because i mean that seems pretty fucking forceful yeah exactly and like i think that it was quite early on in their relationship oh, <laughs> so it was it was an ordeal all round poor thing yeah it's also hilarious because she's not someone who normally likes to talk about <laughs> any of these things. So, um, and so we we fondly refer to this story as Bumgate. <laughs> Bumgate. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad she can laugh about it now. That sounds so traumatic. Yeah, and scary. It awful. Awful. Yeah. Well, that's it for another episode of the Number Two Show. We really hope that you enjoyed it, and we really appreciate your support. If you'd like to support us some more, share this episode with one friend. Please, that would be so nice. And if you want to support us even more, Mm -hmm. you can share your embarrassing poo story with us. That can be totally anonymous. You just send it as a voice memo on our Instagram page. We're at the number two show. And we'll see you next time. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks. Bye. Bye.